Hello, and welcome to Unauthorized Cinnamon. Uh, it's a Deadwood podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Herman. I'm the other, Harry J. Perales. Today we are talking about the fourth episode of season one, Here Was a Man. And Harry, this is the episode where everything changes. Yes. <laughs> it all goes down. Here uh, was a man. There's not any more. He is dead yeah. from poker shots. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is one of the best episodes of Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also like this episode really like hits you like, whoa, this is a great show. Yeah, this, this is kind of the real... Like, uh, if you're not on board at this point, for the most part, by the end of this one, you're like, okay, I, I see. I can see why this is popular, or, you know. Yeah. I can see why people like this. And also, um, I don't think Alan Taylor directed any episodes before. I think this is his first episode. I don't know how much he did, but he's kind of, you know, a reliable HBO director. Oh, yeah. And especially, like, Game of Thrones. Uh, definitely Game of Thrones. And, like, uh, he was very instrumental in you know, the feel of that as a director of that series and pretty sure Boardwalk Empire. He ended up doing, unfortunately, a Thor of the Dark World and a Terminator Genesize. But, <laughs> but, uh... Was he, like, a second unit director? Did he actually direct those? Oh, but those movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he directed those movies. Oh. But, no, as... But, like, as an HBO, like, drama director, he's kind of been, like, a stead, like a steady... kind of part of the directing family. Okay. And I can really tell that, like, watching this episode, there's definitely, like, certain stylistic things. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's kind of in line with a lot of HBO stuff. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay, I'll have you uh, point those out as we go. Okay. Um, so, we open up this episode. Uh, <laughs> Jack and Bill are playing cards again. <laughs> and th- that's how you know it's going to be good. <laughs> Jack and Bill are playing cards uh, Wild Bill beats Jack. Well, what's really great about this is that, like, you know, because Jack's used to being in, uh, I keep forgetting the other saloon's name. The number 10. The number 10, where it's a shithole, it's a dive. Now he's in this classy place and all these people are staring at him. Like, it opens up and he's just, like, un- he's just, like, uncomfortable because everybody's, like, watching him. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't fit in there. Yeah. Like, Wild, B- Wild Bill does, <laughs> but, you know, he's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting because like back at the number ten, that's kind of Jack's um, home turf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Wild Bill fits in there, but mm-hmm. he's you know he sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, and maybe Jack has is a bit more bold at the number ten, mm-hmm. or you know here he's just oh man. And they literally come up and be like, "We told you about that talk." <laughs> yeah, God, Sai really dresses him down. <laughs> you could tell Sai like would kill him with not a second thought. Like, <laughs> this guy's worse than trash. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah fucking so, love Powers Booth so much. Uh, so Jack Jack is is saying uh, that Bill's like bluffing, and uh-huh. then like they show their cards, and Wild Bill has a pair of fours, which is a piece mm. of shit hand, but Jack has what, like Jack High or something like that? Yeah. And he goes, as advertised. <laughs> but it still beats him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes, main stays on fourth. And they call this a game of skill, <laughs> which is something that people that lose at poker yeah. <laughs> say all the time. 
it's kind of like the poker version of like my controller's not working. So and uh, yeah, that's when Sai says like some people can't go near a cliff without jumping off. <laughs> that's a very good, very good line. And then uh, the moment when Bill pushes the chip forward and was like, "Get yourself something to eat." Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's this weird moment where like Bill's like, "Look, I'm I know I called you a cunt. I've done this stuff here, man. Just you don't have any money. I just I just beat you here. Get yourself something to eat." And we find that fucks him up more than any. Any awful thing that Bill could say to him, yeah, that's it, that that act of kindness is yeah. what seals Bill's fate. Yeah, it really, and <laughs> it turns out that that happened in real life. Wow! Like uh, the it's it's like no one knows the exact reason, but it is agreed that like while Bill had given him like a, a poker chip to mm-hmm. go buy breakfast with, and yeah. a lot of people think that that's what threw him off, you know, over the edge to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that kind of shows that like Bill doesn't like Jack at all, but he doesn't like hate him. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't, he's, he's like, just, Hey, yeah, go get yeah. yourself something to eat. Calm down. Yeah. Like whatever. And I think, I think that also ends up, we can talk more about this later, but it kind of, cause you know, the first thing we see Jack, you know, say when he sees, you know, while Bill is that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't think much of him. Like, Oh, he's not that great. Mm-hmm. And you know he's not better than me. People think he's he's not better than me, and he is, and he just proves it because he'd never do that for him. Yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's what fucks him up. Mm. That's a good point. And you can kind of see like he is so low at that point. <laughs> you see on his face that he he's not yelling anymore. He's just kind of like, all right, you just bought yourself something with it. You know, he's, yeah, he's, you just bought yourself something with it. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh. So then we go to uh, Seth is still working on building. <laughs> uh, I finally like am putting the timeline together in my head because later Seth says that he never went to sleep, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, there, he's still building. Like while Bill had gone off after mm-hmm. helping them build to go play poker, he's just finishing up. So this yeah. is really late at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and. Uh, Bill kind of walks up, and Seth is so happy to see him. <laughs> Just all smiles. They're t- and Seth goes into the story about how his nickname was Sloth. Yeah. Um, and he says that my choice was among the seven deadly sins, and I guess I just got out before the others surfaced. Mm-hmm. Which here, this is his dad giving him these nicknames. To use the phrase, I got out is a good way of communicating what his home life was like. Right. And uh, I think in the book, Stories from the Black Hills by David Milch, he says that in those days, uh, Seth Bullock's dad was what was described as a strict disciplinarian, which was a euphemism back then for he beat the shit out of his kids. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they, they uh, go on to kind of like trade stories of their recent wives um, mm-hmm. Seth says that his wife and boy are in Montana. He's trying to save up to bring him out. And Bill says that he's recently married to a lady who owns a circus in Cincinnati. And she's in Cincinnati waiting for word of his success, <clears throat> which is a weird sort of thing that existed in mm-hmm. the, uh, in the past where men would go out places and 
their betrothed would wait for word of their success. I mean, I, I saw that a lot growing up, um, at least in my family. Uh, I think so. Yeah, where uh, I would have, uh, and actually, my grand, but my grandfather did it too. Where like you know he'd go work in America and then come back to Mexico and save up money to you know like right, yeah. you know like pay for if they were like getting married. I think I had a cousin or several cousins who did that. They would like work for however long and then come back get married and then go back to america that's that's really interesting because i've seen it now it's mostly what what immigrants would do that makes sense but you don't hear mm-hmm. of like some country boy like yeah. heading to the city and once i get my money i can bring my girl out <laughs> just uh, some dude from like uh <laughs> from like humble or something or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tascacita, like, i'm going to the big city um yeah he uh Seth kind of hints at Bill, like, hey, you going to prospect at all? We got, we set aside a mining pan for our last mm-hmm. mining, pa- or I don't remember what it was. And Bill says, like, slowing me down is the thought of freezing my balls off in a creek. <laughs> you know, some of the cocksuckers who'd steal the gold from me in poker. Uh, now we get to the real, like, meat of the conversation. Bill looks out and says, I'm flat out tired. Yeah. And uh, he just says, and Seth just says, turn in. At first, I had the impression of like Seth just thinks he means he's tired or he's being too nice to to acknowledge what he really just said. Right. <laughs> Which is it like I'm tired of living. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also he's kind of looking at when he says I've got her covered. He's looking out at the camp. Yeah. Like he's. You know, it's, or he says, this, he, what does he say? He says, this camp looks like a good bet. Or he says something like that. Or yeah, Bill says something like, this camp looks like a good bet. Yeah, or it's like, you know, yeah, it's going to do great. I'm not going to, I'm, he's, he's like, yeah, it's going to be fine. I'm not going to find anything here. Char- we see in Charlie's room, Charlie's hasn't left for Cheyenne. He's supposed to go out to Cheyenne to secure a mail route to Deadwood that he runs. He hasn't left yet and. He's sitting on one edge of the bed, facing away from the door, and Bill just kind of sits on the other side. And they don't look at each other, and they're kind of talking. And right. it's like, why haven't you left yet? It's like you're just all, out all night playing poker. <laughs> what like, you keeping track of my sleep? You you're here to tuck me <laughs> yeah. in? Like what the? F- <laughs> and you know, it's clear that like Charlie's just so worried for Bill. Yeah, um, that he's afraid to to leave him. This gets back to Bill as a relic of this old. Western, you know, where he's just a physical specimen that's meant to, you know, uh, punish people with death and mm-hmm. to take on the savage red band or whatever. Mm-hmm. And those days are gone now. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't fit in with this world. And he says, like, I, I keep trying to be something else, but I can't even make it to dinner before I fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm just tired of, of fighting it. <laughs> like... And that's when he has a great line mm-hmm. that you and I both use and love. <laughs> like, can you let me go to hell the way I want to? Yeah. Which is such powerful usage of the English language. Mm-hmm. And and such a great, just such a wonderful delivery by Keith Carradine, too. Mm-hmm. And what's great about that, it's like, it's not, quite, it's not quite like a confession, but they're not facing each other. And yeah. there's this kind of... Um, Charlie knows this is when he leaves. This is the last time he's gonna see Bill. Mm. He he can feel it. He's like, you're not gonna survive without me. You know, it's this very kind of dark spiritual moment between them, but they're disconnected. 
Yeah. It kind of goes in with the fact that they're not expressly stating exactly what each other are talking about. Yeah. Except Bill kind of comes out. <laughs> yeah, he kind of, he flat out says, um, you know. Charlie's still like, yeah, okay. And mm-hmm. it goes with like, if I don't look at you, I don't have to acknowledge the reality of what's happening here. Bill tells him like, good luck, Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. And Charlie says, you could look. T- yeah, he can't. Great he, performance. He can't even get it out because he's like, good luck to you too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Dayton Kelly does such a good job. Yeah. I, I don't think he ever... I know this season he didn't even get nominated for mm-hmm. anything, but Jesus Christ, he's so good. He's so good at it. Next we see uh, Al's... Or he's he's talking to EB about why he should buy the dude's claim back because he wants EB to make an offer on the claim. and He's explaining to him, like, look, just do it. <laughs> uh, and then we see, you know, Al... Uh, Dan comes down uh, leading a horse that has Brahms' mm-hmm. body over it. Yeah. Uh, Al has to fake uh, surprise at like looks like the dude had an accident. And yeah. Eb you know, runs down to to the widow Garrett, which we could we could finally. I was so tempted all these episodes to be calling her the widow Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> In the commentary, uh, the actress who plays um, Molly Parker. Molly Parker says that. Um, she was playing it as she's been up all night and she's had like premonitions of him yeah. dying. And when she sees it, you can see like, there's the, sh- like, Oh my God, like there's his body, but she's also, there's a like terrible inevitability of it. And Dan's knocking on the door and he's just got his hat in his hand and looks devastated, but she is just like stone faced and just walks right past mm-hmm. him because she already, she has her opinion of what happened. Yeah. So she leaves and looks at Brom's body and EB says, you know, what a awful turn of events. And, and I think he already like, he's like, do you want, do you want the doctor to treat your grief or whatever? Mm-hmm. As of course, but also get him to, I want him to look at the body and, he says, like, I assume it was just a fall. Yeah. <laughs> goes, All I did was ask you to get the goddamn doctor. <laughs> Which was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, you know, this whole episode, I think, especially this scene, um, and with the scene with the doc, I think Molly Parker does an amazing job. Mm-hmm. I thought this was really great. Yeah. This is, this is kind of where I had, like, kind of issues with Alma before, and I'm, I may have them later, but, like, right now, she's come in as this... You know, terrific performance, mm-hmm. and uh, not just kind of like on the she's like you know putting everything together, and I have to do this, and I have to see to everything, and all these. Yeah, yeah. there's a sort of she's in shock, uh, but she didn't love Brom, mm-hmm. but it's still he was her only connection mm-hmm. uh, as a person. She realizes she has a lot of work to do, but she also realizes she's in incredibly dangerous situation uh and there's a there's just a lot going on Mm -hmm. with that um and she just plays it wonderfully there's also i think it was before this because i wrote it down before that um where eb and al are talking and he's talking about like getting the doctor to her or something and he keeps referring to her as the dope fiend yeah and then al's like the grieving widow (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i think in a later episode eb takes more shots at Alma mm-hmm. and like you can tell he, he just because she's a woman he yeah. he kind of thinks of himself as above her and she is clearly his superior in every way <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But, uh, yeah, she walks by and she uh, asks Dan, like, is that what happened, Mr. Doherty? A tragic turn? A horrible fault or whatever? He just has, like, hangdog look. And yeah. then... It, he plays it pretty well. He's yeah. just like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a really cool... She walks past him mm-hmm. and there's this really cool shot where it's really close on his face. Yeah. And, like, at an, I don't know if it's a Dutch angle, but just at this off-kilter angle mm-hmm. where it perfectly like communicates his what the fuck yeah <laughs> why does she like immediately know what happened yeah and then they cut to eb oh my god on the horse yeah remember what we've talked about in the last few episodes where he picks on anyone he sees is lower than him he's just pulling a donkey and he goes, come yeah. on stupid, stupid horse come on stupid <laughs> it's like eb you piece of shit <laughs> I want to go back to how E.B. just treats anyone he thinks he can treat badly, badly. So I was looking for this quote. I thought it was something to be like, it, it's a test of your like character, how you treat people that are beneath you. Mm-hmm. The best I could come up with is this Gandhi thing, like the true measure of any society can be found in how it treats its most vulnerable members. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't exactly what I was thinking, but and there's also, you know, in scripture it says... Um, However, you treated the least of these, you've treated me also. Um, yep. EB follow, uh, fails this test spectacularly. <laughs> uh, so that kind of reinforces to me that EB is one of the worst people <laughs> in, this, in this world. Worst people in the West. Dan reports back to Al and he says, like, uh, she didn't want anything to do with me. Like, she won't talk to me at all. EB's already looking what he can steal from her. Uh Al kind of gives this thing where he, he commends Dan on, like, well, the way you played that was real well. You came and told me about it, and you didn't, whatever. And Dan just says, I know when I'm out of my depth. In the um, the book, Stories from the Black Hills, W. Earl Brown, who plays Dan, talked about the character of Dan, where they're like, what was Dan doing before Deadwood? And he was like, he was, a, he was just like a beast in the woods. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> He came across Al, and he's like, oh, here's a smarter dog. I can steal more. <laughs> he can, this dog can teach me how to steal more. So, like, Dane is very much, like, aware that Al is his superior, and he's like, I'm not going to try and pull one over on you. I'm not trying any funny business. Just, like, I'm loyal to you because you're smarter than me mm-hmm. <laughs> and whatever you need. Um, I don't. What did you think of the scene? Because the way Al plays it, I was kind of like, what's Al doing there? Because it seems... Like he's trying to size Dan up. I think he's try- it's what he's been doing, trying to test loyalties back and forth. Back from the last episode. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> Dan murdered somebody for <laughs> Al, so it's pretty clear. But I mean, uh, Al's not going to come out and be like, yeah, you did a great job. It's always going to sound threatening, I guess. Yeah. So, um, but at the same time, it, you know, it's Al, so obviously there's intent behind it. So, mm. you know, he's probably just testing his loyalty in a sense at least that's kind of what i got from it yeah uh we go back to the docks and eb's brought brahm's body and now that he's out of earshot of the widow he's shit talking brahm (laughs) it's like amateur comes out here with on a lark and now look at him or whatever and doc's just like "Uh, okay and there's a shot now they do kind of the same thing later but there's a shot from like in bet- like the horse and its legs and body kind of frame uh, Brahm's body being dragged yeah. to the thing. Mm-hmm. And in there, you know, EB's kind of hovering around and like, hey, you know, uh, we I would really like it if uh, we left his little sour taste in 
her mouth as possible. We want her just to leave. If you find anything, you know, maybe just uh, don't say anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. Saul comes up to Seth, and Seth is his shirt off, and he's uh, putting feelings in my loins <laughs> with his shirt <laughs> off, man. That is a well-toned uh, man. <laughs> seems a bit anachronistic for the time period to be that like svelte right but maybe maybe not i don't know oh that's kind of the problem like, that's kind of the problem with a lot of like period movies that you see now or especially like during the war or if you see footage of like men at like war there's a very specific kind of like muscle mass that <laughs> is not defined it's just bulk in a sense yeah whereas now everything's so cut you know like uh they have machines it, to target certain muscle groups. Exactly. Back then, there was just pitching bales. There of was hay. no, there was no CrossFit back then <laughs> to target. There, they they weren't pushing gigantic tires uh, to get jacked. Yeah, but uh, Saul, Seth told Saul that he hasn't slept. He was just like eager to keep building, and uh, he tells Saul that Brom has has died. He just saw a New York dude be brought to the docks. Now this is. Maybe the best. No, you know this episode's so good. This isn't even the best scene, probably. Yeah. But uh, the doc comes to Alma's room. Uh, Eb tries to get him, but she closes the <laughs> door. And that's another thing I'll point out later. But like, uh, like Eb is so like kind of emboldened by like not being killed by Al that he wants to know everything that's going on. <laughs> so he's following people around, and I'm just like, "Fuck you, no!" It's like slams <laughs> it. But he's still just sitting outside of the door. <laughs> it's like mm, peculiar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and so Doc kind of reports his findings where he's like, look, I was told he fell from the ridge and he wasn't shot, he wasn't strangled, there wasn't any signs of a struggle because Brom didn't put up any struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. No, I mean, yeah. I, that's like, I just stopped. Like, as I was saying that out loud, I was like, no signs of, and I was like, well, he fucking didn't struggle yeah. at all. Uh, and, uh, he, you know, she asked him, like, coming to how he fell off to be the question. He's like, on that, I have no opinion. And mm-hmm. she does this great, like, turn on him, like, and yet in treating me, you were so full of opinions. <laughs> you took so the most good. comprehensive view. <laughs> and, like, Brad Dorf is also doing really good work here because yeah. he's kind of like, he's like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. But listen to me, <laughs> you know. Uh, he has that great bit where he's like, I don't know how your husband's head got caved in. Yeah. Where he's kind of, in a way, admitting that there was foul play. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not spelling it out. But he's like, okay, yeah, you see through this shit. I'm going to be real with you. I'm not, you know, I'm. I, he's not He's not conspiring with anybody else. He's just like, all right, yeah, well, this happened, I guess. I. But he's like, no, fuck it, no. I don't know how it got caved in. Yeah. It, it's... It's really great, I think, because Doc, he's he's not, like, just getting back there, like, yeah, fuck you, whatever. Because he's like, okay, that's a fair point, and I'm really sorry for what you're going through. And he says, like, you're a smart woman, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Like, you must have gone through hell here. And he leaves her with some more laudanum. He's mm-hmm. like, just take that, just go home. Yeah. Like, leave it at this. He's uh, also, he's literally looking out for her health. He's mm-hmm. like... No, that's you know these people are gonna do. They can do awful things to you. Yeah, you saw that they can. You know they. You know they clearly bashed his head in somehow. Don't mm-hmm. don't have that happen to you. He leaves and Alma throws the bottle of laudanum against the wall and she finally breaks down in tears. This is, she hadn't cried yet. 
she's also, you know, re- rejecting this this medication that she's been on. This, which really it's it's drugs she's been taking. Yeah. Um. So she goes to Jane's room and asks if um, Bill will help her. And this is this is kind of interesting performance by uh robin weigert. robin weigert thank you uh she's kind of like still not trusting of her mm-hmm. like <laughs> he's like yeah. he didn't do it if he kills someone it, he lets them know why and admits yeah. that he did it and she's no i i just i have no one else it's like all right well i'll get him <laughs> she goes wait in your room it'll take him a while to get the phlegm situated <laughs> <laughs> does she talk to uh eb before that though because oh yeah EB comes back to the door <laughs> And he's like, can I be of any assistance? She's like, I'll certainly need a casket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He tries but, to make an offer of 12000 Yeah, instead of the 20000 Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, I'll think about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, complete disdain for him. He's, he's almost being helpful. You, you he's kind so of, close. You think that, and then <laughs> he offers 8000 less. And yeah, like, oh, like no, EB's gonna EB. Like he's he's a piece of shit. Yeah, and then later when he's talking to Al, you see that like he mm-hmm. really he doesn't care about her at all. No. So uh, we're back at the Bell Union. Um, Cy and Joni are talking to to Doc about a schedule for taking care of the horse. And this is you know in this episode, Cy is throwing money around to everyone in town. Mm-hmm. Doc says that he gets twenty dollars a visit from Al. And Cy has this, like, jab at Al's, like, what's regular for him once every three or four months? <laughs> and he thinks it's, like, the funniest shit. And everyone else is like, uh, that's rough. <laughs> and he's like, anyway, <laughs> three visits a week, $50 a visit. <laughs> and Doc, I think Doc is rich now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, then. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then that's when Andy... Cramed mm-hmm. walks in. You think his name is Crane, but then you see, like, in the materials, his name's Cramed. Cramed? <laughs> Which is just weird. What's the name of that actor? Because he, he, he's in so many things. Oh, he was in Fight Club. He was in. He, yeah. It's another one of those things, like in Dead, where there's constantly, like, so many, like, terrific, like, like little mini part Zach, characters. Is that Grenier or Grenier? Oh. Grenier. Zach Grenier. Yeah. I kept seeing in like um, other reviews and stuff, they say he's most well known for The Good Wife. But I've never seen The Good Wife. But I've seen him like everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's in right. Fight Club. He plays like that boss, right? He plays the boss, yeah. Where he's doing the interview where Ed Norton beats himself up. <laughs> yeah. Um, or he, yeah, he's trying to. Yeah, he's a good He's a good guy. Like, it's funny, like, he tips. Like this porter that's bringing in his bags. You see the porter look at it and be like, holy crap. He like runs out. <laughs> He's clearly just giving him like a whole bunch of money. He just leaves Deadwood. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm headed to New York City. <laughs> so and they go through the whole like, we don't know each other routine. You the proprietor of this establishment? Yeah. He's like, all right, this way, sir. <laughs> and then, you know, they go back and they, they know each other. and mm-hmm. Apparently he's some sort of like con man. Yeah, uh, and he runs like he's like I, I want to get something going. Yeah, and, uh, and he says something like, "Oh, we can rob Psy. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I, I I might be wrong, but I think Psy gives a quick like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but then it's like, "Oh, jokes. Yes, yeah. human jokes. All right, jokes." <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is where Joni comes. And it's like, "Hey, Andy." Yeah. Uh, Which, as I've said before, like. 
this is what I referenced uh, the last, uh, like her relationship with Andy. It's like you don't know Andy. <laughs> like I get, I get like teenage punk rock about it. Like you don't know Andy. <laughs> you think you know him? You don't know anything. But it's mostly just you know. I, I don't know exactly. I can't really pinpoint it, but like Joni's interaction with you know a lot of characters. I'm like, ah, oh, yes. But uh, so Andy's kind of talking. You can see him kind of like biting his lip, and he's he's kind of clenched. Mm-hmm. And Powers Booth does some really good, like subtle looking him over. Like he's like, all right, Andy. And as soon as Andy turned away, like his smile drops, and he's just like looking at him, like, what the fuck's going on with you? Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, once Andy goes up to his room, he takes Joni aside. He's like, how's Andy look to you? And she's covering for him. He's like, like, he spent three weeks on a wagon. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's some rough rumbling from here to wherever he's coming from. I don't think they ever say where he came from. I guess he just was in wherever they were. Now we, we get uh, E.B.'s talking to Al about, like, she didn't... Uh, I'm waiting on her answer. Like, I often... And I was like, man, I really thought she would have said yes on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> and you could see, Al, it slowly dawns on yeah. him. He's like, you did offer her the full 20000 right? <laughs> <laughs> is, is this one where they're downstairs and, like, EB's got a pack of yeah. char? Yeah. And he's, <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's, he's fucking spitting. He's like, Oh, yeah. I did offer the <laughs> and and I was like, can't you follow one simple fucking instruction? <laughs> He's like, did I ask you to play her? Yeah, <laughs> uh, David Milch wrote a lot in uh, stories of the Black Hills about. I guess he used to be a criminal or something like that, and he talked about how a lot of times there'd be a, like a con going, and he thought he was super smart, and he'd try to have a little side like, okay, I'm gonna, I have these instructions, but I'm just gonna twist it a little bit and try and make some, and it always bit him in the ass. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, then the EB does like, well, I figured, you know, save you a few money and whatever out of that 8,000 you feel appropriate to give to me. <laughs> I, think, I think that one line is like, hint at the amount. Yeah, if you could hint at the amount. <laughs> uh, but Al surprisingly is like, well, I can't blame you. <laughs> like, <laughs> OEB. Uh, this is another really great scene where Alma's talking to Wild Bill, and uh, she doesn't she doesn't trust why they're wanting to buy the the land, and she wants she really has no one else to ask. She's like, I need someone to to look after this, and um, she makes some mention of. Uh, you know, I don't want to feel any further party to his, you know, death. And he's like, what role have you had in it before mm-hmm. now? And she kind of said, a wife inevitably feels some responsibility for what befalls her husband. Later, mm-hmm. we find out, like, she made, like, a snide remark to her dad about mm-hmm. it. And that's, that's kind of rough when that actually happens. Yeah, Alma seems to be much more on Bill's level than Brom ever was. Yeah. Brom was just an idiot. And she's very smart and she's like humble. She's like, look, I know we messed up. This is, I'm in a bad situation. I don't know what's going on. I just want your advice. He, and he has a great line where he's like, you know, the sound of thunder. Don't you Mrs. Garrett? Of course. Can you imagine that sound if I ask you to? 
I can, Mr. Hickok. Your husband and me had this talk. And I told him to head home to avoid a dark result. But I didn't say it in thunder. Ma'am. Listen to the thunder. Which is a great line. It kind of harkens back to last episode when... When Al used yeah, that. Yeah, he was like, when I hear... When I see lightning, I'm ready for thunder. and mm-hmm. take, You know, uh, that's just really, really great performance again by Keith Carradine. Mm-hmm. Some really good writing. Uh, EB sees Hickok leave Alma's room and head towards the gym. So they know what's up. And like Merrick is in the kitchen. He mm-hmm. sees EB chasing after Wild Bill into the gym. <laughs> uh, this this kind of shows like the, the the smallness of of this town and how like <laughs> everyone can see what's going on and everyone knows you know the, the central figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also I was I was, was going to point out earlier as well like the way that the sets are built shows like just the the placement of where like the rooms are in proximity to the person working the bar who can see everything. And if you notice, like, EB at the hotel, he can see everybody leaving. And so he's, yeah, yeah and he's constantly, like, they have, they have to come through him. Yeah. They can't just leave. And so he, they, so he knows everything that's going on. Uh, Dan will see everything that's going on. And it's all about, like, you know, seeing who everybody is and being able to yeah. know what they're doing and what they're, you know, how is this going to affect me. Which, as we know, is vitally important. Yeah, and <laughs> you also time. you also see Merrick like just like, ooh, something's happening. I can write about it. <laughs> like <laughs> runs to the back of the room yes. in the corner next to EB. Yeah, he sits right next to EB, <laughs> and they're like just looking at Wild Bill, like, what's he gonna do? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bill goes into the gym, and I love the way W. Earl Brown plays Dan. <laughs> like he's like tucking in his shirt mm-hmm. when Bill orders a whiskey, and he turns around, and he's like. What, I think he looks over at Johnny like, what the, f- what's going on? Uh, yeah, he like kind of freezes for a second. And Johnny looks at Bill. He gives him this look like Paul F. Tompkins had a special where he talked all about jobs he had mm-hmm. over his life. And he at one point talks about when he was on, I, I, this is the second episode in a row. We're going to talk about blood. There Will Be Blood. <laughs> he talks <laughs> He talks about... Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis coming on set and he's like, it was like someone had put a panther on set. We were all just like, oh God, don't move. Don't move. Like, oh, what's I going to do? That's the way. He has a great bit where he's like, you know, every, you know, I worked with Daniel Day-Lewis and, you know, they say he's an intense actor. He's not an intense actor. He's the most intense actor. (laughs) The most intense actor. That's like, it reminded me the way Johnny looks at, he looks at Bill like he's a wild cat that mm-hmm. just walked in to the bar and like goes upstairs. Mm-hmm. So he just knocks on the door to get Al and he just goes downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Before that, like Al is, Al is talking to Leon. Like, mm-hmm. How did the Hoopleheads take the craps? This is something like, like apes at their first fire. <laughs> and I'm like, is that good? Yeah. <laughs> Were they scared of the fire, or are they delighted by the fire? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know, man. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he's next, getting. But next we get the scene with Alan, Bill. Mm. Yeah, and it's such a good scene. <laughs> <laughs> For the past few days, I've been locked in my room, weeping, searching my memory as to where my path might have crossed yours previous. <laughs> Now I might have given offense that you stay in this camp not 50 feet from my joint and never walk in. No poker. 
<laughs> no poker. <laughs> then we get the is it that simple D- dismantle the titty corner? <laughs> dismantle the titty corner and set up a poker table. <laughs> that is so good. We yeah, Al like so so Bill tells him like look, the widow said uh they got you know kind of cheated and the guy who sold it to him skipped town she blames you and he gives a really convincing like accounting of the story mm-hmm. <laughs> that isn't entirely inaccurate right like it's it's great like you can tell al's a great liar because pretty much everything he says is true mm-hmm. he omits several key details <laughs> and like puts convenient spins on certain parts to it it's just i, I thought that was like a master class in like lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and another, you know, great performance from, uh, <laughs> Ian McShane? everyone's fucking name. The minute I have to call it up, I'm like, is it Ian McShane? Yes. Ian okay. McShane. Uh, so, uh, while Bill's like, all right, I will report that back to the widow. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I hope you showed in a favorable light. And <laughs> Bill says, Doesn't. what's that worth to you? <laughs> Ian McShane gives a what? Wild Bill. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, before that, yeah. like, when he says, what's that worth to you? Ian McShane gives a yeah. what? <laughs> that is so convincing. And it goes back to what I was saying last episode. Like These characters feel so lived in. Ian McShane mm-hmm. looks genuinely caught off guard. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he goes, the light I showed him, what's it worth mm-hmm. to you? And yeah. then he goes, Wild, wild Bill. Wild, wild Bill. Bill. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, I was kind of shocked by that when I saw. I, that. I was too. I was like, oh god, is Bill that bad off that yeah. he's playing it? But eventually, I mean, yeah, it, it, he was he was kind of covering for the widow that mm-hmm. like, if he just went back and then the widow didn't sell, Al would have been like, oh, he just told her that he didn't believe me or yeah. that I was lying or that uh, she shouldn't sell. Mm-hmm. But this someone. Now, this was like a comment on what's Alan watching where someone said he's providing cover for her, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, I'll take this bribe so that he thinks that you're making your own decision. Yeah. So fair, fair play to you. And there's also there's also that bit earlier where um, where uh, Alma offers him money to, like, you know, compensate him for his time. And he, he says, you save the figure. She's like, $100. He's like, I'll Perfect. take it. Yeah, whatever. Or yeah, he says perfect. Yeah. Uh, now, like Jane's hanging out with Alma. <laughs> and there's she points at the girl like this little girl, same exact cocksuckers. <laughs> 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 Alma, <laughs> Alma's look is just like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she explains that the road agents that killed Sophia's or the girl's family is <laughs> the was operated by Al, who also killed her husband. Um, uh, while Bill comes back in and says, if you're not in a hurry to get back home, I wouldn't sell because mm-hmm. I don't trust him. And they ask him, like, how did you leave it? I think Jane wants to know if he mm-hmm. shot, <laughs> shot Al. <laughs> he's like, how'd you leave it with the cock, with the limey cocksucker? Mm-hmm. And he's like, on terms he would understand, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a really good line. And we're back at the gym. Let's see, what is EB? EB's kind of like, oh, Al, watching you, even from a distance, was a pure delight. <laughs> like sucking up to him. And Al's just like, mm, well, we'll see. Uh, and this is where Ellsworth goes up to Dan. And he says, uh, 
hey Dan, you want to know the secret to a long life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he basically tells him like, look, I know not to stick my nose in, a, in places where it doesn't belong, uh, including like maybe seeing someone on a ridge kill someone else. Mm-hmm. If I need to leave town to not get killed, please let me know. <laughs> Instead of just killing me, the guy who plays Ellsworth comments on on what's Alan watching, and he said that they had to ADR the line where he says "on a ridge," yeah. so like they had to add that in to make it more clear what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very like displeased with it. <laughs> that just bugs me, and like I never, I never rec- I realized it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, doesn't seem extraneous or like. Uh... Jim like, Beaver is his name. Yeah. Jim Beaver. <laughs> like playing to the cheap seats or something. It's like, no, it's just, you know. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we get Tom Nuttall is talking to Al because Tom is worried that Bill came there to make an exclusivity agreement with Al. And Al's just like, no, we didn't. You're fine. Don't worry about it. This is a good thing. This is a really good job by uh, Tom Nuttall. Like, this performance is good of like, look, I, I couldn't help it. I had, But he's clearly like... Ah, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we go back to the number 10, and Jack is still talking about this hand that Bill beat him with. Mm-hmm. Like, he had... What did Jack have? Like a He had, like, a jack high or something like that. Yeah, and he just had fours. Yeah. Uh, but but what's real, what I really love about this scene is that it's that kind of thing where it's, like, somebody says something, like, to another person, and they, like, parrot it and try to say it to somebody else because they're like, yeah, that was really effective, but it's not going to work. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's not the message is the messenger, you know, it's the person who says it. And he's, so he's just like saying words that he knows basically like cunt, cunt, you, you cunt, cunt with your, with your cunt mouth yeah. moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just like, what? Shut up. <laughs> everyone's just like, shut, shut and up, everyone's Jack. like, why are you bragging about losing? It's like, I'm not bragging. <laughs> And uh, he talks about, like, I've got another gun. Mm-hmm. I got that gun. And Con, there's Con Stapleton, I finally mm-hmm. remembered his name, mm-hmm. is like, doesn't believe him. He's like, I'll pay you five bucks for that. Yeah. It's sight unseen. I'll give you five bucks if you show. He's <laughs> like, that'll get you out of that brown study you're in. study, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He pulls it to, what you take off me? <laughs> well, another thing I, I, I noticed... Um, uh, because Bill gives him the... T- and he, so I guess he just bought that suit, right? I guess so. Like, did he use the money from the chip to buy the suit instead of getting something to eat? Either that or that chip was worth a lot more money than I yeah. thought because he's eating later. Well, but yeah, but he's eating like shit. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just eating tr- like garbage. And he's even like, can't fucking eat this. What am I going to do with this? Hey, Winky. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking oh, trash. <laughs> <laughs> Like an uh, awful human being. Yeah, Jack McCall uh, is not a good dude. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I bet that's what it is. He, like, spent mm-hmm. a bunch of money on a suit and, like, <laughs> then has to eat crappy. That's a good, but I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I did kind of think about, like, how much does a suit cost? Because I thought the chip he gave him was $1. Mm-hmm. And I was like, suits got to be more than $1. Yeah, I, I thought that too, but yeah. I didn't know if it was, you know, maybe it was, maybe it was went to the goodwill yeah <laughs> and back then you can get a suit for 30 cent yeah i love the way he said i'll buy that suit off it. and he's like i think not i think no <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love that part and this he leaves and, and this is one of my favorite lines where 
the other guy at the poker table just goes, he too is God's handiwork. <laughs> uh, all right, and then we go back to the hardware store. Bill goes in and uh, recruits Seth to reconnoiter the, mm-hmm. w- the widow's claim. Now, this is the f- first instance uh, of the specific sort of thing where Saul will make just a quick passing comment that is like 100% correct. Because mm-hmm. uh, he just kind of goes, I think she should just get a wagon out of town. <laughs> like walks away. <laughs> and Bill and Seth are like, all right, well, anyway, why don't you check out her claim? And, blah, blah. and Seth is like 100% right. He's like, yeah. no, she just needs to beat it. Uh, we see um, Jack in the background as they're talking. Yeah. And kind of sees why Bill, and I think this is just, you know, mm-hmm. stoking his, his anger. Mm-hmm. And also just seeing uh, Bill talking to, you know, the guy who threw him in the mud and he's friendly with him and, you know, that he can get along with people, whereas Jack, you know, can't get along with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> he just, but there's that cool shot where like, you know, like uh, Bill's in focus and then Jack's in focus and then Bill's in focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a great job to like tie it yeah. all in. Uh, this is a good show. Yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then, um, but, you know, Seth agrees and he pays him the money. That, because, you know, at first you're like, oh, is Bill shady? He took money from Al? Like, what's he doing? With... But you see, oh, no, well, he's, you know. He gives he's... him, like, the money from Alma and the 150 from Al. <laughs> Does he give him the 150 from Al? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't remember. I thought, because in my mind, when I, when I watched it, I was like, oh, shit, he gave her Alma's money, but he's like, fuck, fuck Al, I'm just going to use this to gamble or something. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's, that's what he should have done, man. Yeah. He could kept playing. Well, anyway. Uh, so then we're back at the gym, and Trixie and Dan are talking about what to do about Ellsworth. Trixie, like, doesn't have time for Dan's, like... Because Dan is worried, because, like, look, I trust Ellsworth, but Al, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Al has different standards, and Trixie's like, well, sh- don't do either of them. Yeah. Like, shut up, idiot. Don't kill... <laughs> don't kill Ellsworth. Don't kill Ellsworth. Come on. Ellsworth is, like, one of the few people nobody <laughs> wants to die. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and Al is just, like, so mad right now. <laughs> he is fuming he's... about... And, and he's just thinking of all these, like, wild conspiracies of, like, while Bill's coming at me, I gotta shoot him. And E.B.'s kind of, like super taken aback at the idea of killing wild bill because mm-hmm. he says like why couldn't tom mason have just killed him when eb goes into his hilarious like well what am i supposed to do with a friend or at least a colleague <laughs> what <does he> say? <laughs> or at least an admired colleague yeah. is so beset that he doesn't know who's a friend and who's an enemy and who's coming at him and who's not is this kind of bit where he's almost trying to be like al and trying to say like this loud deck the cleric of things but he just doesn't have the capacity to do it <laughs> he does, and it's just so awkward yeah. physically that he, uh and al i think is i think it helps al because mm-hmm. he's so shocked at eb like yeah. standing up for anything <laughs> he's just like you don't think he's coming at me yeah. <laughs> like he actually listens to him he's like no al <laughs> i don't think he's coming at you i think you need to i think you're just like you have so many plates spinning that you're stressed out and paranoid Blah, blah, blah. And Hal decides he needs to fuck something. He goes, I gotta fuck something. <laughs> I think he even does like a... Mm, and like yeah. humps the mm. banister. He just, yeah, he just grabs his like... Mm. Yeah, he's a... Uh, he's a... Uh, 
he's a carnal man and he mm-hmm. has carnal needs at the moment and just yells at Trixie and she's <laughs> look on her face where she's like oh boy oh. Here we're, all right and he stops her and he says like get the bottle yeah so and then she goes to the bar with Dan and just like puts her thumb towards Ellsworth <laughs> what is what is Dan he says something like stick your thumb out of me don't stick your thumb out for me <laughs> you and me don't talk that subject out <laughs> Yeah, and then Ellsworth's like, got any news, Dave? <laughs> no. He's like... Nothing new at all. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, because of this, Ellsworth says, well, then I guess I'll have another drink. <laughs> what is Dan? Dan's like, if I had some news, I would tell you about it one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I guess so, I'll have a drink. <laughs> I get the feeling he says that to pretty much anything. It's yeah. like, well, that happened, so I guess I'll have a drink. <laughs> Uh, so we go back to the Bella Union, Andy's room, and Andy's sick. Yeah. Uh, I think this is where Joni's like, you want to meet some strange? (laughs) (laughs) I fucking hate that phrase. That's the, (laughs) and her delivery, that's the one where I'm really like, oh my Uh, God. That's where I had to pause. It's like, hey, Andy, you want to meet some some strange? (laughs) Maybe she was so disgusted by that yeah. <laughs> word, which I could not blame her for, because that's a right. gross word. Yeah. To, uh, but he says, like, you know, I'm sick, and she, you know, takes his boots off. But he's in a real bad way. Yeah. Now we go, and uh, Sai is still throwing money around downstairs. Merrick is there, and he also has $50 an ad. And Merrick is just like, ah, oh, that's way too much. Yeah. <laughs> He says something like it would be wildly incommensurate with the accompanying articles. And Psy's like, well, now, see, I've never heard that that word in my life. He gets excited. He's like, I've never heard that word in my life. (laughs) And, of course, uh, uh, God, Eddie is the best. He's like, that's his job, Al. He's a wordsmith. (laughs) I love him. Uh, But uh, so they're like, okay, well, maybe... uh, we do a thing where a man learns to shoot the craps and uh but he's like all right so 15 article <laughs> there's kind of an anachronistic but i think it's appropriate when merrick is like seriously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't strike me as period appropriate but it's no. it's kind of perfect for like dude <laughs> well i mean it's kind okay of, it's kind of the same thing like i brought up earlier and there's there's a scene we moved over where like uh Merrick is eating food and he's just so disgusted. He's like, oh, I gotta eat this <laughs> yeah. slop. Why am I alive in this part of t- this era? Like, why do I have to report on this? It's my job, but I just, I, why can't I report on a more comfortable time? Isn't there <laughs> you just, you just, something to report on in Paris or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, then Joni comes and she admits to Cy that Andy's sick and he's pissed off. He's mm-hmm. like, I knew it. He gets a guy to guard the door. Now, this guy has the best facial hair I've ever seen. Are you talking about the dude who looks like Lee Marvin in a top hat? <laughs> I guess so. He looks I like, looked at him. I think I wrote that in my notes. I was like, that's fucking Lee Marvin in a top hat. He looks like, you know, a cousin of Levon Helms or something like that. <laughs> or like... An an- like Levon's ancestor? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Where it's like, I'm going to be like that guy <laughs> with my drumming. Uh, <laughs> And my singing in the weird streets of Rome. <laughs> uh, R.I.P. Oh, God, yes. I'm going to drop in when I paint my masterpiece. Just oh, yeah, that. that should be the... Yeah, hell yeah. I love that song. Um, 
Yeah, he tells him to guard the door and send <laughs> someone else to get the dock and say that someone fell. Like, Sai is, uh, I think, pretty obviously the stand-in for corporate culture. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, protecting the his, uh, uh, what would you call it? Not stock value, but like... He's protecting his brand. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for at all costs. Even if his friend is dying, <laughs> he's like, oh, gee, I got to deal with this shit. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I jumped the gun on the Sound of Thunder speech. This is when uh, uh, he tells Alma that Seth is going to help her. But this is when he says, you know, the oh, Sound okay. of Thunder, don't you? Like, yeah. listen to the thunder. Get, yeah. get out of here. So <laughs> just take everything we were saying back then and uh, that's what we meant for this <laughs> <laughs> so Doc then shows up at the Bell Union uh, he, I think he kind of figures out like I heard someone fell yeah <laughs> they point he's like they're in there yeah. and he's like uh, oh oh <laughs> it's like how come you have a guard <laughs> um, anyway now this is um, Bill's room and this is Bill saying goodbye to Jane well, well, it's when he's writing the letter to his wife, right? Yeah, he's writing a letter. Um, I really like, I really like uh, the placement of him too. It's just like he's he's right in the he's again talking about like being vulnerable and like even just not caring. Like he's in the corner and with his back, like anybody could come in and just take him out. And like the doors open, yeah, and it's shot from out there, which. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can help me pinpoint. But at the end of the scene, like for some reason, be shot through the door like that is somehow adds to the um, portentousness mm-hmm. of the shot. Anyway, so he's writing a letter and Jane comes in. He kind of shows, oh, the little one's mm-hmm. fever broke and mm-hmm. he feels her and he's kind of playing with the little girl. Yeah. Her. And what does he say? Uh, she says something. He's like, I think she just asked for money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia says something in, in Swedish. Mm-hmm. She's like, she just asked for money. Yeah. That cracks Jane up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then I think she asked, like, do you think the widow would like to feel the little one's forehead? (laughs) This is, this is is a great, this is great fun. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Yeah. There's there's nothing else to do. Let's feel the sick kid's forehead. (laughs) Not sick anymore, Harry. (laughs) That's true. That's the difference. If enough Uh, people feel it, she will get sick again. Yeah. (laughs) In this camp. Uh, yeah, but Bill's like, I'm sure she'd love your company, Jane. It's mm-hmm. very nice. And Jane does not sense what Charlie sensed mm-hmm. out of Bill. And I think Jane is more um, kind of blindly uh, idolizes Bill. Mm-hmm. Whereas Charlie deeply loves Bill well, and accepts the reality of it. Well, there's kind of that thing that you see in a lot of people who like... Um you see that in like families who have like uh, you know siblings who have like older like parents or something and if they're going through something there's usually not everybody kind of deals with that in a different way there's some people who are like I'm yeah. going to have to I'm going to have to set preparations for this I'm going to you know because they're, they're not going to make it the other one's like no you know just like having prayer circles and doing all sorts of stuff like no they're going to get better it's going to be fine no it's going to work and just in complete denial yeah and so it's an, it, it kind of really reminded me of that kind of I think I think you're right that de- denial's more likely because when it actually happens, you see that Jane knows. Yeah. And so, like when she is up in Alma's room, she senses what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's she's just so she loves Bill so deep and mm-hmm. idolizes him so much. There's and, there's also that bit where like uh, 
the only time she like yells at Bill ever is when he's like, I'm writing a letter to my wife. She's like, what? Why? Damn you. Why didn't you tell me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which for a second you're like, oh, oh, she like was romantically interested, but it's more like, oh no, oh no. Like, you know, why, just, why did you, yeah, yeah. why did you allow me to, mm-hmm. cause she doesn't want him bothered at all. Yeah. And the fact that she's the one doing it, she's yeah. like, no, 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 I don't want to yeah. be interrupted. Yeah. And she lashes out at him. Yeah. I don't, think there's anything romantic no i don't think it's it's clear like like i said i really think it is kind of like a father like a father daughter son thing between those three yeah um so she leaves and bill finishes writing and apparently originally there was a voiceover of what he was writing in the letter Mm -hmm. which i'm really glad they cut out yeah and i found like i think they have the actual note that he wrote his wife and it's just Mm -hmm they were going to read that and, and it makes it makes sense it, i mean it looks like there should be narration but i like more that he's like and it, it really reminds me a lot of like like i was saying like alan taylor directed this it reminds me a lot of those kind of hbo dramas where you know somebody's going to die and they're literally like you know you know to quote the wire getting themselves correct you know yeah. like putting you know their final outfit on yeah. Almost for, like, you know, like, you know, a, morti- or a mortician would do, like, you know, to make them look, you know, proper for their funeral. Right. And there's him standing up and tying on that red sash mm-hmm. around him. And like I said, it's shot through, the, you know, something about maybe just the idea of because the camera's in a place where it looks like we're spying on him, it doesn't seem like he's performing this but we're looking in on a man in his final moments yeah do you see where i'm going with it can you no no i yeah and definitely like um you know he a lot of his life was spent doing like these stage these stage shows like buffalo bill and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it's another he's performing again like well i gotta go back down and do what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. that's it's just a Mm -hmm. beautiful shot and and Mm -hmm. the the lighting in the set design Reminds me a lot of um, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, mm-hmm. which, folks, if you haven't seen that, you sh- should check that out because that's one of the most beautifully shot films ever made. It's very good. It's one of the rare instances where I liked a Brad Pitt performance. That's that's a really great movie, and it's a lot like the show Deadwood. Mm-hmm. It's a more realistic view of the, the West and, and all that. Um now we get into like we're cutting a lot faster than usual between mm-hmm. scenes there's Al's uh fucking tri- Trixie and I only use such harsh language because of the nature of the activity yeah also um, it's it, we're wrapping up the episode so Al's in his PJs of course <laughs> <laughs> it's not nighttime yet but he's no, in his but PJs he's, but the show's gotta end so the episode's <laughs> gotta the rules. end yeah <laughs> Uh, Doc is looking in at Andy, who's kind of delirious and complaining about his back. Mm -hmm. And Doc says, like, well, uh, looks like his back's hurt, but if Mm -hmm. he starts to develop pussy sores... Yeah, on his torso and his face, then it's... He's got other problems and just falling down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that is uh, smallpox. Mm -hmm. Andy has smallpox, which is a problem. Then we see Jack at the Chinese food tent. <laughs> God damn it. He's being just the shittiest kind of racist. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of shitty type of... No, I shouldn't say shittiest because that's like, uh, you know, voter suppression or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, he's just... 
yelling at them like people don't eat this shit yeah <laughs> which is i think he's making like the subtitles have the noise he makes is yeah. a meow yeah no because he, he yeah he so makes he makes the cat eyes and goes meow and you're like you fucking piece of yeah. shit yeah oh okay. i thought he was saying that there was cat in the food but no. he's wow yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right <laughs> oh there is one thing <laughs> that made me laugh really hard he's kind of like picking the stuff yeah. out and at one point he just goes it touched it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that made me laugh really hard i touched it, it touched it. <laughs> uh <laughs> anyway so that's like a hilarious and horrible scene uh we see bill go in and join the poker game with the number 10 mm-hmm now there's a really good part where his usual chair, which has his back to the wall and he's looking at the door, that's taken. He sits in Tom Nuttall's chair, which back right to the door. It's in the exact same position that he was in his room when he's writing the letter. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's it, true. It's the most vulnerable spot in the room again. But he's and, kind of consigned. He's like, oh, all right. And and you see him he like puts his hand on the back of the chair and like looks at it mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, am I really gonna, and he's like, yep. And he just kind of resigns himself to it. It's either like, am I going to stop myself from doing this? Like, no, I'm just going to do it. Or it's kind of like, this is my cross. And he's yeah. kind of stopping to steal himself before he gets on his cross. Yeah. Basically. We see Alma back in her room, and she tells Jane the story of her marriage to Brom. We're going to get more into Alma's dad later on. Her dad is a real piece of work. Uh, She talks about her marriage to Brom, how on her wedding night, her dad said, "Uh, my dear, I can never repay you for for what you're about to do, but I can repay everyone else. Which, like, great turn of phrase, dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she, she... she describes it in the most depressed. She's like, my marriage to Brahm was a most tremendous solution. (laughs) (laughs) It was more common back then, but Mm -hmm. it was just like, Uh, and that's, that's where the thing she says to her father about joking, maybe he'll die. Yeah. And there's, there's a good real point where, she says, like, my father told me to think of you with him in that place. And Jane <laughs> notices the fuck up of that. Yeah. And he, she's like, meaning your husband? <laughs> <laughs> like, your dad was, um, okay. But yeah, and then she says, like, I said, oh, it's not all bad. Maybe he'll die. And that kind of goes back to why she feels like mm-hmm. an accomplice. Yeah. Uh, feels guilt. And then uh, Jack comes in and shoots Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see, like, there's this, that shot of Bill's face. It's a tight shot in. It's not a close-up, but it's just tight in. And you, he can hear him. And he knows what's coming. Mm-hmm. And you're just seeing, like, Keith Carradine's eyes. And then you never see them again for the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't because, you know, he's dead. But Yeah. You see him, but yeah. he's, yeah. That's the last time you'll see it for the whole series. Mm-hmm. It's just that moment. That's the last bit of life you'll see out of Bill. Yeah, he he knows it's coming, and it just he doesn't do anything to stop it. Yeah, he was tired. He's outlived his use. You know, at a certain point, it just you have to go. 
<clears throat> so uh, Jack tries to run away. <clears throat> the crowd from the number 10 catches him. Uh, and this is where, again, they're kind of drag. He falls down trying to get on yeah. the horse. They drag him away. We go back to that shot where he's framed by the bottom of the horse and the horse's two legs. Yeah. It's not as good. You can tell they were kind of <laughs> like, uh, all right, that's good enough. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And now that, that music uh, starts in, that really eerie music, mm-hmm. uh, that song is called Iguatsu by Gustavo Santoalaya. Um now that song has been used. I've heard it in a couple other things, mm-hmm. and it always throws me off because that's the DVD screen music. Mm. Oh, okay. And, you know, I spent many, many days with that music going in the background <laughs> while I ran to get some more Cheetos and Dr. Pepper <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, and here, like, it showed up in, like, Babel, the movie huh. Babel. And it's just weird to hear it anywhere else because that just to me. But here it... it uses that music perfectly um and we start to have like a montage of kind of hell breaking loose yeah uh this is everything is changing in one day for this camp yeah they're dragging jack away we see a shot of andy in bed and he's got sores developing on his face so smallpox is Mm -hmm. here uh there's a number of characters that kind of see what's going on Mm -hmm. we see seth and he's kind of serious but like curious about it. Alma kind of looks out and she's nothing's registering. Yeah. But it it racks focus to Jane behind her Mm -hmm. and you can see on her face, like she knows what's going on. Yeah. Uh, She kind of just like motions at Alma to watch the kid and runs out. Mm -hmm. Um, Al walks to the window and he like always seems to have his pulse on the, the community so he knows something big is going on yeah uh jane walks up and to like con stapleton is like what 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 happened and he's like that man shot wild bill hillcock and so jane's world has just crumbled out from underneath her yeah uh and oh no i was just um and then i i don't know if it's in the right time but the guy rides it yes (laughs) Yeah, that was like literally yeah. my next. Um, it's a Mexican that showed up with mm-hmm. an Indian head. Yeah, and that's an actual thing that happened the, on the mm. day Wild Bill died. Oh wow! There's it was this this Mexican guy showed up with an Indian head to get some bounty for it. Yeah, and in this like we've set it up where Al has set a bounty for, for and, and <laughs> oddly enough that Indian head becomes a recurring character. Yeah. And it's just this yeah <laughs> this this collusion of all these things coming yeah. in just at once and one thing i was pointing out is kind of a big kind of a big theme about at this point in the series is there's all these people making plans and you have like al you know like oh, well, i'm fucked and i'm worried about the you know this i'm gonna have to do this i'm gonna have to do that size so gotta do this and, and then just the the random dumb chance of the universe is really what builds our society yeah. <laughs> god yeah I think they even bring up the whole thing about, like, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that old goddamn joke is. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's a really interesting point because this is, and it does have, like, a biblical feeling, especially yeah. with that music. Mm-hmm. And with, like, the plague. Plague is always just such a, you know, seen as, like, this divine mm-hmm. uh, retribution or, or whatever. 
and like the guy swinging the head around. It's yeah. Just, it's yeah. It, it's chaos and like danger <laughs> falling yeah. down on you. And someone like Wild Bill dying, like when mm-hmm. he he seemed so invincible, not only because of his fame, but because he was famous for killing people. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's that sort of guy that just it doesn't feel like can die. Mm-hmm. For us viewers, it's different, but for them, that's it's it's a huge shock, especially for Jane since he's her whole world. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Milch talked about how uh, at this point in the series, he wanted to do that to show that all of your notions about the typical Wild West and everything Bill represents, like, that is gone. Yeah. Now it's the story of Deadwood and, you know, the beginnings of modernity in town and these people having to work together and not being a solitary cowboy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> this is... You know, some of the best television that's ever been made right here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Seth walks in, and Bill's body is just, like, twitching on the table. It's on the table, and then it just flumps down on the yeah. ground. It seems to be, like, not only are we getting rid of this icon, like, we're mm-hmm. showing you the bloody reality of... Yeah. Of, and also, he's, he's, you know, like, like I was, you know, like, they bring up a lot how, you know, he's in stage shows and stuff... He's literally at the back of the room. You know, he has nowhere else to go. He's lit. That's his stage. That's his final performance, the, really. The yeah. light is hitting him mm-hmm. from yeah, the there's door. This, yeah, there's, you know, he's, he's, you know, stage lit. So, ta-da. <laughs> yeah. In a sense, not a magician, but, you know, like. Uh, yeah, just, I get the uh, and scene. Yeah. Uh, Seth just like kind of drops to his knees in mm-hmm. shock and. Jane walks in and sees it, and she just grabs the bottle. Mira's bottle and just chugs it, and then just drops it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's about to go on a bender. Yeah, um, and that's a, that's kind of the thing, though. It's like because um, we've seen Jane really fucked up at this point, but you know, taking care of the child, Bill in her life, she you know she has reason to to not rely on that. But now Bill's gone, she has nothing. Mm-hmm. She feels like she has nothing. So, yeah. Well, I'm just, you know, going to get fucked up again. Also, the episode that everyone kind of talks about. Mm-hmm. They talk about the show because I, I guess it is like a big shock. Yeah. To have Wild Bill die. It's because, you know, you're four episodes in and you're kind of like, all right, no, it's he's 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 not just a father figure of Seth Bullock. He's a, kind of the the new father coming into town of the father of the Wild West, in a sense, or the Old mm-hmm. West, you know, whereas... This town is run by, you know, pretty much gangsters. And this old kind of icon comes in mm-hmm. of, like, you know, just settling in and kind of, you know, okay, well, it okay, well, now we know what it's going to be like. And like you said earlier, where David Milch said, just throw that notion out. Yeah. And so we're kind of safe in this notion. We're kind of safe in the idea of, like, oh, it's a, it's a, West, it's a Western show. Right. When it's really a lot more than that. And now we've taken the kind of the last remnants of the old West out. Yeah. That's a good point. And, and it's, it's kind of like, there isn't going to be one hero that comes in and saves the day. Mm-mm. You have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, it's no one. Wild Bill Hillcock is not walking through that door. Like yeah. we have to figure the shit out on our own, mm-hmm. uh, which is comes to be this s- story of this, the show. Yeah. Uh, 
and why I love it so much. Well, yeah, that's There Was a Man. Any final thoughts? I mean... What a TV <laughs> show it is. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. We will be back next week with the next episode, whatever that has to be. The Trial of Jack McCall, I think, mm-hmm. is, is episode five. That's going to get heavy into themes of the show. Yes. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with the Trial of Jack McCall. Um, so in the meantime, check out our happy home at MockingbirdNetwork.com. Check out all the other great shows. You can see my other podcast, Throwing Junk. Uh, if you like baseball or if you don't like baseball just uh, subscribe and rate it highly Uh, while you're there be a buddy if you're enjoying our show do go to iTunes and rate review and subscribe that will help us a lot uh, and help out our happy home at Mockingbird Um, there's many other great uh, podcasts relationship Honey I Shrunk the Binge the Stacks Um, really funny people really smart people doing really great stuff uh but until next time, we'll just tell you uh, we too are God's handiwork. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, folks. Gotta hurry on back to my hotel room. Where I got me a date with a pretty little girl from Greece. She promised she'd be Mocking Bird Network.
Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it again.